0: What does this year hold? Will it be a mess or a masterpiece? Divine or a disaster? Wonderful or will it be a train wreck? The truth is, there are things that are going to happen this year that you're going to have no control of whatsoever. And so, hopefully, if we're alive and we're here this time next year, there's going to be events that have taken place that you could not have done anything differently to determine what took place. But, in a large part, how this year goes is going to be determined by a, a few, and I'm going to narrow it down this morning to one fundamental choice that you and I can make. We're in Matthew 6.33 this morning. 6.33. I'm kind of changing my Bible translations this year. I'm, I'm preaching out of the New Living Translation and out of the English Standard Version. I'm preaching out of the English Standard this morning. Not much difference in, in these in a lot of places. But I want to tell you today from Matthew 6.33. Here's the fundamental thought. What you prioritize is going to determine your year. And not only your, your year, what you prioritize is going to determine your life. What you prioritize is going to determine your year. And not only that, it's going to, it's going to ultimately, it's going to determine your life. Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We're going to look more at this in just a moment. What is a priority? Let me define a priority. It's something that you give special attention to. It's something of highest or higher importance, rank, or privilege in your life. A priority is something you decide that's going to get the special attention, be put in a special rank or order, our place, our privilege in your life, and I want to start with a negative or two. I, I think this is true for for almost all of us. Most of us have some wrong priorities. Would you agree with that? We we have some wrong priorities in our lives. We're going to look at the right priority in just a moment. And the Bible the Bible really boils life down to just a few simple things, hard to pull off, but but not complicated. But the problem with so many of us is that we have things of top importance in our life. And I'm even speaking to you who are Christians, you who are devout Christians, you who feel like you're trying to follow Christ. We have, a lot of times, we have priority problems in our heart and in our life. I don't know if this is a true story. It was told by Clayton Bell, who was Billy Graham's father-in-law. He said years ago... He knew a couple, or he said he knew a couple in Atlanta, Georgia, who had always wanted to go to Broadway to see the the production, My Fair Lady. And they finally got tickets, got their plane tickets. They flew up to the uh, production. They got there that night, and the the theater was just packed with people. In fact, they looked around. There was only one empty seat, and it happened to be the seat right beside them. And so the, the production began, and then there was intermission, Rednecks have halftime, at Broadway plays they have intermissions, you following me? So they had an intermission, and the guy could not, he just, he had to ask the lady, he goes, ma'am, this is the only empty seat in the house, is this yours? And she said, yes it is, this was my husband's seat. Well, he kind of prodded a little bit, and she said, well he passed away. He said, oh that's so sad, you know, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that and that that happened, and Another moment went by and he thought, you know, this is an expensive ticket and you have an empty seat. And he, so he couldn't help himself. And he asked her, he goes, couldn't you have invited one of your friends or somebody, a family member to come with you to the play? And she said, oh, no, they're all at his funeral. <laughs> Priorities, right? I thought of my wife when I thought of that story. I thought, oh, oh. You know, on a, on a less funny note. Last January in Chicago, there were three people. They were in their late 20s. They were walking along the Chicago River that runs through the city. Beautiful river. I've seen it in August. I can't imagine right now how it would be, how cold it would be if it wasn't frozen. But these three, uh, the, these three young adults are walking along, and one of them drops his cell phone, and it falls onto the river. Well, the river is partially frozen over. So he crawls down from where they were to get his phone, and he falls through the ice and disappears. Well, the, there was a guy and a girl with him, and the young lady runs down there and jumps in the river to try to get him, and she disappears. Well, they're able to pull the, the guy out, and he, but he dies. And two days later, they found her body downriver, and, of course, she was obviously dead, too. And, you know, that story is so tragic. But what stuck in my mind was that was for a cell phone. How many of you love your cell phones? Let's be honest. You're in church. I mean, they are important. You need them. You know, you wake up to them. You go to bed to them. But it ain't worth dying over, is it? You know, and, and, the, and the, the lady, the girl who went in to save her friend, that that's super noble. I mean, and but how tragic. listen. Some of us, we are chasing after things that ultimately don't matter. Uh, cell phones expensive and you don't want to lose it, but you don't need to die for your cell phone. You, you don't need to kill yourself trying to make money. Parents don't get mad at me. Kids, you don't need to have a nervous breakdown so you can make an A. Sorry, parents, but I believe that. Be careful that you're not prioritizing the wrong things in your life. That you're not putting things in top spots that shouldn't be in top spots. Most of us have wrong priorities. Here's the second thing. Most of us have too many priorities. We got too many things that we're trying to do. We got too many irons in the fire, is like the old timers used to say. Quana Parker, how many of you know who Quana Parker was? It, it, you ought to read about Quana Parker. Quanah Parker was a famous Indian Comanche chief. He was half American or English and he was half Comanche. And, and as Texas was being settled, he eventually became a, a part of the union he had a chance to go and visit with President Teddy Roosevelt, and he took his seven, countum, seven wives with him. Some of you men think that it's hard getting your wife ready for church. Can you imagine getting all the T from the different TPs and all, getting the seven women? So anyway, you didn't think it was funny, but I think it's funny. So... He's, he's meeting with President Roosevelt, and Roosevelt, after he introduces his seven wives, Roosevelt finally says to him, look, dude, you are an American citizen now. That is not only difficult, that's illegal. You've got to decide which one of them is going to be your wife, and the other ones, you take care of them financially, but you've got to choose. You can only have one wife. Quanta Parker looked at the seven women. He looked back at the president and smiled and said, why don't you go tell him which one's going to be the wife and which six are getting kicked to the side. Most of us don't have the problem of six, uh, six or seven spouses, but you have too many things going on. Is, there possible, is it possible this year there are some things in your life that need to go away? Amen. Is is it really for sure that almost everyone in this room needs to look at our list of priorities and say, maybe this doesn't need to get as much time, attention, and energy? Make sure that you don't have so much going on that you miss the most important thing. And here's the heart of this passage this morning. We need to make Jesus our top priority. Jesus Christ needs to be our top priority. Hands down, no questions. Verse 33 But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Let's look at this beautiful verse. He says to seek. That means to desire after something, to endeavor after something. It's a word of passion. Guys, wake up. It means pursue Jesus Christ with your heart, your mind, and soul. Isn't that exciting? Seek after Jesus. Seek after Jesus first. Seek first in order, in emphasis. There's some emphaticness there. It means before everything else, seek and go after the kingdom of God. That's God. That's Jesus Christ. That's the way of God, His righteousness. Make Jesus Christ the chief pursuit of your life. Make following Jesus, make knowing Jesus, make obeying Jesus, make living for Jesus the thing that you put front and center in 2016. I saw this week a survey that had been done of people in December, and they asked them, what are your resolutions for this year? And it listed a bunch of things, but the two top ones, number one was health. Lose weight, grow hair. Get a wig, you know, get off medicine, whatever it was, which is good. Those are, those are good things. And I thought it was interesting. Number two was to pursue my relationship with God. Now, please hear what I'm fixing to say. Your health is super important. If you don't believe me, chop your pinky off after church and you'll realize physical pain and suffering is not a good thing. You, you want to take care of your health. But some of us will go out this year and we'll exercise three hours a day, and we won't spend two minutes in our Bibles. Yes, take care of your physical health, but man, Jesus Christ is eternal. This is eternal. So listen, take care of your body, but what he's saying here, seek first. Pursue after chiefly, primarily your main thing, you pursue your relationship with Jesus Christ above everything and anybody else. And listen, let me tell you, this is going to have a great ending in just a moment. But this is where it starts. Now, I want to describe how this looks in three ways because this is practical. Number one, it's a deliberate choice. In other words, this is not an accident. I can't spell it, but this doesn't happen by osmosis. You know what osmosis is. It's not just going to happen. You're not going to just wake up one day and go, Goodness gracious, I am pursuing Jesus with all my heart. You've got to make a deliberate choice. Christmas Day in San Diego, California, a terrible thing happened at a place called Sunset Cliffs. we got a picture of this. And where this particular incident happened, either the tide was out or it was a place where the water did not come into the shore. But those are beautiful cliffs. This guy from Indiana gets out of his car right there by the ocean. And he's on his cell phone. You know where this is going? And, And he's doing something on his cell phone. And he walks over the cliff. And the last words anyone heard him say as he's falling was God please save me. And he falls 40 to 50 feet and he dies. A lot of things went through my mind when I read that story. But but I thought about this, I thought how many of us are going to fiddle around this year. We hopefully aren't going to fall off a cliff and die, but we're we're going to fumble our marriages, we're going to fumble our relationships. We're going to continue to create financial problems for ourselves. We're going to wonder why our kids aren't turning out how we want them to when the whole time we're fiddling around and not pursuing deliberately after Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen by accident. You've got to make a choice in your life, and I'm challenging you to make this this morning, That you're going to pursue Jesus Christ above anything and everything else. It's a deliberate choice. Number two, it's a daily choice. Now, by that, I don't mean you get saved every day. What I mean is after you've given your life to Christ, you have to make a choice daily that Jesus is going to be your Lord. That he's going to be your boss. If you're like me, that may be a choice that needs to happen about every three three or four hours. But I want to challenge you, you make a a deliberate choice and you make it every day that I'm going to put Jesus Christ on the throne of my life. It's a daily choice. And lastly, it's a practical and visible choice. In other words, if emotions come with this, if you feel good, if it's exciting, that's wonderful. But it's much more than that. In other words, if, if, if I am pursuing Jesus first and foremost, people are going to be able to see it. It's not hidden. Jesus does not want undercover agents. It will be visible. But seek first the kingdom of God. This is a radical thing where you're putting your life out there and you're going to follow Jesus first and foremost. Warren Wearsby is a great Bible teacher and, and pastor former pastor, and he said, when you're seeking Jesus first, it's visible in three ways, your money, how you spend your money, how you give your money, your relationships, and your T-I-M-E, your time. Hey, take care of your health, but if you're jogging three hours a day and reading your Bible five minutes a week, you're upside down. How much time, and I'm going to challenge you next week with a few goals, how much time this year are you going to give to reading your Bible?" You can't really go forward with Jesus without being in your Bible. A prayer. We're going to start a prayer series next Sunday morning. How much time are you willing to spend in prayer this year? What about church? I did a little figuring this week about church. And you're at church, so I'm uh, singing. I'm not singing. I'm preaching to the choir. But hear me on this. We are so busy as a society that it's hard for even committed people to be in church like they need to be. What, what would happen this year if you said, I'm going to be in church? Now, don't freak out. I'll give you a ba- couple of vacation Sundays. But if you're going to be in church every week, some of you are going, <gasps> <gasps> think about this. Think about if you didn't come to connection groups, you, you didn't go. You didn't come, you know, like Sunday morning and Wednesday night like you were a Jesus freak. You just came one time a week to either Sunday morning worship. Listen, we do a really cool thing. We do a Wednesday night worship. Part of the cool thing about that is, is it not only a midweek B12 spiritual shot. If you're gone on the weekends, you can come during the week. Amen? And now let's close in prayer because... Let me go back to the money thing. I'll get you on that. You'll be okay. If you slept seven hours, we we'll just average seven hours a night, seven days a week, that leaves you with 119 waking hours, okay? If you came to church just Sunday morning, and we're going to give you in Rustin a 15-minute ride here and a 15-minute ride home, which that's a buffer. Or you can't make it Sunday, so you come Wednesday, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes home. Our services are almost always about an hour long. That's an hour and a half. That would be less than 1.3%, less than 1.3% of your week in corporate worship. That's not a super big commitment. Now, after the early service, I had people coming by and telling me, I guess I only have to come once a week now. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm challenging you. If you're going to seek Jesus with all your heart, you've got to, it's, it's, a, it's a visible, it's a practical thing. But, but let me throw, let, let me throw the, the syrup on the ice cream here. When Jesus is first, this is the key for everything else in your life falling together. This verse is phenomenal. The simplicity and the depth of it But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's conditional. And then all these things will be added to you. You see the word all there? That means everything, and that would be everything that's important or that matters. Jesus had just got finished teaching about not worrying, and he talked about clothes, he had talked about food, he had talked about health, he had talked about the basics of life. And he says, all these things will be added, they will be multiplied, they will be given to you, increased in your life. Think about what Jesus is saying here If you do one thing right, everything else takes care of itself. You don't have to do 80 things right. You do one thing right. And when you do one thing right, everything else takes care of itself. Is that not cool? A guy named Wayne Martindale said it so well. He goes, When you put first things first, you get first things, but then you also get the second, the third, and the fourth, and the fifth put in there with it. But if you pursue the second and the third things first, you not only don't get the first things, you don't get the second and the third things either. Listen, some of you are going, What do I need to do for my marriage? What do I need to do for my relationship? Some of you need to be saying those things. What do I need to do to be a better Christian? Some of you know the Bible but you do not reflect Christ, what do I need to do? Seek the kingdom of God first. Put your heart and your mind to say, I'm going to follow Jesus with all my heart, soul, and mind. And then Jesus says, that's when everything else gets poured in on you. Isn't that awesome? So simple, but so hard. When I was growing up, there were six of us in our family. And we lived in Tennessee, and my grandparents lived in Arkansas and Texas. And twice a year, we would load up that old Ford LTD station wagon. How many of you remember those? They had fake wood paneling on the side, and they had an AM radio. Listen, young people, people my age have experienced purgatory, and I don't even believe in purgatory, but we have. There wasn't an FM radio, there wasn't a cassette player, there wasn't an 8-track player in our vehicle. There wasn't a DVD player and you couldn't watch a movie. The old man had control of the AM radio and he didn't like rock and roll. It wasn't a good 10 hours in the vehicle. (laughs) And you're gone for a week so you had to pack a whole lot of stuff. There's two girls, two boys... I don't mean anything by this, ladies, but y'all have to pack more than we do. That's just a biblical fact. When they had to leave the Garden of Eden, it took Eve longer to get ready than it did Adam. He just grabbed a fig leaf and said, let's go. She had to get gather some stuff. And we would go on these trips and, and packing, you know, you'd pack, you'd, you'd have all this stuff, especially when you're coming home because now coming home, you've got some gifts, you've got other stuff you could not be careless in your packing because you got four kids, two adults, everybody's grouchy. You got a long trip. You don't have a lot of luggage space in those old station wagons either. So if you just threw stuff in there and then tried to put the luggage, it wasn't gonna work. Your dad almost had to have an engineering degree in packing, and so it took a while. You'd pack. You'd, you'd have to put the big stuff in. You'd have to fit little stuff in. Then you would delicately put everything else on top of the big stuff. But if you didn't get the big stuff in right first, you weren't going to get everything else in at all. Corny illustration to some of you, but it's very vivid. That's what God's saying here. Some of us are trying to do everything else and add God to it. What God's saying here is, no, no, no. Do me first and I will add everything to it. Isn't that great? You know who Stephen King is? Creepy writer, creepy producer. To me, he's even scary to look at, kind of. Stephen King had an experience back about 15 years ago. I I don't think it moved him to Jesus, but it did radically affect his life. He was walking along a country road on vacation, and a van hit him, and it knocked him into the ditch. And later he tells the story. He goes, Here I am, I'm laying in this ditch. Bleeding, not knowing whether I'm going to live or not. He said, here's the things that start going through my mind. I am, I am really wealthy. <laughs> I have a lot of money. And my money doesn't matter at all right now. I'm really famous. I mean, Stephen King is famous, famous, famous. But he said nobody's coming up to me in the ditch want my autograph. My fame doesn't matter at all. I'm well educated, and Stephen King has got to be pretty smart. But my intellect, my IQ, my education—none of that mattered when I'm laying in the ditch. He said I had a gold MasterCard that did not have a limit on it in my billfold, under my bruised rear end, laying in the ditch. But he said, nobody takes a MasterCard when you're laying in a ditch. And again, I'm not sure it got him to where I would like to see him. But what it did is it changed his life and his priorities. And I pray, man, I hope none of you end up in a ditch literally this year. I pray that doesn't have to happen. I pray this morning... Even this morning, that God has gotten your attention and that you'll realize that fame and fortune and money and gold master cards are all okay things, but in the end all that's going to blow off or burn away. And if you want to do it right, don't wait till God has to put his thumb on you to get your attention. Make a choice this morning. Make a choice today to seek Him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Friend, let me tell you, that is the key to having the best year and the best life that you possibly can have. Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, I'm going I'm to talk to you and challenge you more in a moment. But I pray that God's working in your heart. I pray that you're willing today to do whatever you have to do to put him first. And if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian or you're unsure if you're a Christian, I want to challenge you, if you're ready to do this, if you're sincere, to pray with me. And just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to turn from my sins. Jesus, I believe you're God's son and that you died and arose for me. Jesus, come into my heart and I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention. Just a second, we're going to stand. And when we do, here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you just just prayed and asked Christ in your heart, or if you're ready to do that today, I know it's hard, but I want to challenge you to stand, and I want you to come and talk to one of our ministers in a moment. Man, cross that line with Jesus today. The first Sunday of the year, you'll never forget it. Come and do that today. Maybe you're here today and you're ready to join our church family. We would love for you to do that. One way you can do it. When we stand, you can slip out and come. You can join after church. But you can also come during the invitation. We'd love for you to join our church family. First Sunday of the year. What a great way to kick off the year. By by joining a church family. Christian, I want to challenge you today. If, If you're sincere about Christ... Whether it's where you're standing or it's at the altar on your knees or praying with a minister, every Christ follower in here today who's sincere about Jesus needs to say, God, with your help, I'm going to put you first. And I'm going to pursue you and seek you with all my heart this year. Christian, make that commitment now. Let's stand. And as God leads you, you come. We'll be waiting on you.